1: Welcome back to Irish Illustrated Insider, brought to you by irishillustrated.com with Pete Sampson and Tim O'Malley. I am Tim Priester, and we are gathered here again today, just three days after uh, Tim O'Malley and I had an opportunity to talk and discuss uh, the situation with Evergolson leaving. Pete Sampson was on uh, uh, duty in Seattle, talking to the Nordic people out there. And Pete, we wanted to get your perspective on the whole Evergolson situation. I know you have a little bit of information pertaining to where he might land we know where he won't land uh by decree of of brian kelly and notre dame um but just your perspective on 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 what happened and the decision by ever golson you know
2: he was a he was a guy that was there was always something with him uh and notre dame's had a few guys like this over the years where there's there's just always something where you know stefan Tuitt was a guy where there's, there's always something going on with stefan to ever golson was there's There was always something happening with him. Freshman year, struggled academically, basically didn't play because of that. Um, He could have seen some time that year. Uh, 2012, you had the locker room kind of divide with him and Reese after Purdue where things get shut down. 2013 speaks for itself. 2014 again speaks for itself. And now he's 2015 and he's out of here. I... I'm not surprised that he left at all. I'm a little surprised how quickly he left. Basically, it, it seemed to be, okay, you're going to graduate. Oh, great, I'm out. I mean, that it seemed to happen that fast. And to not have a landing spot set up already, that surprises me a little bit. Just in the sense of, like, usually you don't quit your job before you have a new one lined up. When you're in control of the situation, which he was. I mean, he, he had all the leverage here. And then... Just to say I'm out and then not have a place to go is a, is a surprise. I mean, as it relates to Notre Dame, it's it's a negative for the roster. Um, I think it's a
1: positive maybe for the chemistry of it. I don't think there's any doubt that it's a positive for the chemistry of it. I I don't know that. I mean, I don't know that he goes into this quite as that blindly. I I think he probably has it narrowed down to a few. He's still oh, in sure, the process of of talking to uh, to some people, but. You know, Tim, in, in the aftermath of our conversation on Friday, and then some of the feedback that we we saw on the uh, the, the message board, you know, and I kind of, kind of following up on what Pete just said. I mean, in terms of the chemistry of the the situation, the quarterback. And look, it's easy for us to say that after he leaves. It's like, and Brian Kelly's going to be saying the same thing that you know Malik, Malik Zaire is coachable, and he'll look me in the eye like we were just saying before we went on the air, but. I, you know, breath of fresh air maybe a, a little bit for, for the locker room, just in, in in terms of the whole quarterback scenario.
0: Yeah, not, not state something too black or white, but this is going to go one of two ways. It's going to be addition by subtraction because it becomes Zaire's team. They rally around him. They get off to a good start, and it's a healthier situation, and, and Kelly doesn't have to try and, and do something that would admittedly be difficult, use two quarterbacks. Or it's subtraction by subtraction because you lose the best passer in your program. And he's said, 23-game starter. He's played in the biggest of games. He's got all the chemistry with the receivers. Zaire is... Right. It's, a, it's not a win-win, but it could easily work out. It could galvanize the team for sure.
2: Yeah. I, I, with the, the win-win, I've seen that written somewhere. I think oh, you know, that, it no, oversimplifies the, right the situation. Portrayal um, of that situation. There are some, some parts of this where I think it helps Brian Kelly run the ball more because he doesn't have a, a pass-first quarterback. Um, I, I'm i trying to think of instances where a kid who was a starter transferred off a team that was supposed to essentially go to the college football playoff, and I can't think of any. Um, so it it speaks to the dynamics between Golson and Kelly, I think, more than it does with Golson and Notre Dame. We were talking about this before the show just about His, Golson's connection with the rest of the roster, I don't think it was that strong. Um, Certainly not like Malik Zaire, but look, it's, there's, there's no doubt in my mind that Brian Kelly and Everett Golson did not have a good relationship. The way Golson liked to be coached isn't the way that Kelly likes to coach, and they just never really bridged that gap completely. Um, I think Malik Zaire is going, I think, Brian Kelly's talked about Niles Morgan in terms of like how he's sort of like a hunting dog and just like you you can just you just give him stuff and what can I do what can I do what can I do, can I, do? And I think Malik Zaire is going to be one of those players for Kelly so I think Kelly's really going to enjoy that I mean talking to people close to Zaire in the last few days it sounds like he's going to try to go out to California work with Tom House who is um, not really a quarterback guru but more of just a mechanics guy um, he worked with Tim Tebow quite a bit this offseason and. And other quarterbacks, too, so don't, like, I like run with the Tim Tebow. It's like, well, wow, this guy's a disaster. Um, and it's it's not like George Whitfield brooms chasing you in the ocean. It's more, how do I get my mechanics to a point where I can have a an unconscious, repeatable motion? Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll see if that actually comes to pass, but that's something I was hearing from uh, Zaire's camp over the weekend, um, that he was going to do that. And I, I think that... You look at Malik Sayer's game, I think that's the biggest flaw in it right now is the um, inability to have sort of a repeatable motion
1: in the passing game. So we'll see what he can get out of that moving forward. I, I still find it interesting and fascinating that, that you don't go to your quarterback's coach who, ha- who has a very good reputation to, to, to work out some of those problems. But, you know, I think we mentioned this Friday um, – you know the a, a po- another positive that comes out of this is that Brian Kelly coaches his quarterbacks hard, mm-hmm. and Malik Zaire is the kind of young man and quarterback that you can coach hard. I think that, that that's a positive in terms of their working relationship, and it certainly was not a positive with Kelly and Golson.
0: Yeah, I don't think there's anything other than Zaire's passing ability that people don't prefer from it from him. G- Golson's experience, as I said, but. As a leader, people prefer Zaire. Uh, the quote-unquote save Kelly from himself, now we have to run the football more, is now in play. Zaire has moxie, he's a playmaker, he's got a great arm. He, he's got a great downfield arm. It's just, I mean, will he be a consistent quarterback? It's not easy to go through this schedule in the places they have to play, and the, the, and the teams they have to go against, and and not be able to hit consistently the passes we see him miss all spring.
1: The problem's third and twelve. I mean, you know, third and ten, third and twelve. A lot of those situations where you really just took for granted with Golson that he was going to make that play with his receivers. Now, by having Zaire in the lineup, you're probably going to have less third and twelves. But still, third and twelves, third and eights, third and tens will arise. And 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 as of right this moment, Malik Zaire is not nearly as good as ever Golson was with that.
2: It's fair. In the in the bowl game, that first drive, they had a fourth and ten, I believe, and he ran for ten yards. Um, so it's I think you're going to convert it in a different way, and I think we saw this. Yeah, but Golson, uh, did a that. Year Golson ago. would do that too. Yeah, but we saw a year ago that Zaire was the more threatening runner True. once he would get out. I, I think he's going to. Whereas Golson maybe could run for six on third and eight. I think Zaire is going to get nine. Um, I I agree that I mean that those sort of passes to the field that look like that probably have to sail 25 (laughs) yards, uh, and be caught on the sideline probably is not going to be in the game plan as much. Um, but I do think sort of Zaire's running ability, um, will save you. But I I think Tim, you mentioned this on the last podcast, you know, if you're, if you're at Clemson, you're down 13 to three in the third quarter, you know, is Malik Zaire going to be able to throw you out of that? Probably not. I mean, and that's going to take an incredible amount of discipline for Brian Kelly to to not try to ask Malik Zaire to
1: throw you out of or, that. or at least he won't be able to do that as readily as, as Golson would. And yeah. again, as we sit here now, maybe by Clemson he will have evolved after a summer of working on this technique and what have you. I, I do want to get in, Pete, to... Um, you know I mean one of the one of the schools well, there are a couple schools out there that that you're hearing i I've heard Florida State first of all, Notre Dame won't allow him to go to any of the twelve opponents uh wouldn't that be something you, you know you he's playing for Texas in the first game you know after he leaves, but uh it sounds like Florida State which I think is a would be a, yeah. a, a really good choice for him. Yeah.
2: I'd say, you know, Florida state and Alabama are two schools that want him badly. Um, you know, that's, that'd be a heck of a spotlight for him to walk into. Um, also very, both talented rosters at both spots. I mean, if I, if I was Everett Golson, I would be looking for something that's a little less high profile, whether that be Washington, UCLA, maybe even South Carolina to, to a certain extent, LSU to a certain extent, certainly less high profile than Florida state or Alabama. Um, Texas would be if Notre Dame allowed him to go to Texas, and he went to Texas, that would be the worst decision for him because I don't think he wants any part of that spotlight coming back to Notre Dame, starting
1: for <laughs> Texas. Ridiculous. I mean, it'd be a complete disaster. That's a ridiculous scenario um,
2: that. But Florida State and Alabama, I think, would be very difficult. I, I if I was him, I wouldn't go to a spot where um, I had to compete against your top top guys coming in. I would go to a spot that has a hole at quarterback, Florida State. Kind of has one with Sean McGuire. Um, I'm not so sure about Alabama. They've recruited that position so well over the years that they have guys just sort of waiting in the wings. I mean, look, we, we watched the bowl game. LSU does not have a quarterback.
1: Yeah, LSU would, that's what I was just going to say. Yeah. LSU would be a good fit, a great yeah. opportunity. It's a. It's still a ground-based, you know, attack where he's not going to have to handle everything. But, but, I mean, why is he gone from Notre Dame? I mean, what, what, what are the reasons behind him being gone from Notre Dame? His relationship with Kelly the reluctance to share the quarterback position you would think that the school that he chooses would be a head coach who's a l- little bit easier to get along with I think Jim o. Fisher would be one of those I, like I said with the exception of unless you're a suspended quarterback and you're on the field in in Jersey before the game yeah. like James Winston was but you know you find a you're, you're not really battling a quarterback for the starting position. And you're not battling the head coach on a daily basis. Yeah, I
2: mean, Florida State also makes sense in like every starting quarterback they
0: have is a first round pick. You know I mean? of Ponder, it-
2: Manuel, Winston. I mean, if I was Golson, that you look at Jimbo Fisher, he turns out first round picks. Um, that would make the most sense because at this point, he's making a football decision to get out of here. Um, and if you want to learn from somebody else who can make you, NFL-ready or at least NFL-draftable, um, Jimbo Fisher would be that
0: guy. Florida State, it just makes sense to me because you're not running into great opponents weekly. Like you oh, would. If yeah. you go to Alabama, LSU, I mean, you go to South Carolina, you're going to play five teams better than, with better talent than your team. You yeah. go to Florida State where you have skilled, skilled talent all over the place and you're the best team on your schedule. It, it, it makes sense. I, I do like the Pac-12 idea as well. Um it's certainly a soft landing spot going somewhere like that, but I, I don't know. I mean, Florida State you could do a lot worse than playing with that team for one year as the mm-hmm. higher gun, and, and I think uh, Coach Fisher might allow some things to happen.
1: I, you know, I think Everett Golsan left nordain feeling like I can go into a situation and put myself in a better position for the draft next year. I don't know that that's the correct line of thinking because you do have to deal with NFL personnel that is going to want to know, so, Everett, you're a 23 game starter at Notre Dame. You're part of a team that has 19 or 20 starters returning. You're a playoff caliber team, and you left. Why?
0: You no, know, it's, it's a great point. It's all gonna. It's all gonna. There's gonna be so much research done on Everett Golson if he's in position to be a. Uh, I guess nowadays it's a second day draft pick because uh, the first round's one day, but. Yeah, I, I think he looks at it is definitely the easy way out. I, I really do believe that it can work out for him in a place like Florida State or UCLA. And I, I mean, I agree with you guys at Alabama. What do you, you you're going to sign up for that type of? Yeah, no, that's, <laughs> no. that's, that's ridiculous. It.
2: I would say like the NFL question. <laughs> I think even if he came back, I don't think Brian Kelly would have been like, you know what, this guy is so coachable. I loved working with him. I don't that that is not going to paper over all the cracks. And I think Brian Kelly has. As we've heard, sort of through back channels, is, is quite honest with NFL people about you want you want this guy in the roster or you should stay away from this guy, and you. I think you've seen that in the last couple drafts about guys who have slipped or maybe guys who have jumped up. Credibility is really important for this staff with, in NFL circles, um, so I, I, I agree. It, it creates a new question on Everett Golson. But I don't think it. All of them would have been answered just if he had come back with those. Yeah, Dame. I, I don't. All you
1: have to do is pop in a tape of a Kelly reaction to Golson. I don't know. Yeah. You don't even have to call him up and talk to him. Yeah, I think <laughs> you can see everything you want. The last thing I want to address with this, it, 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 it was a topic on a message board about this. Did ever Golson owe Notre Dame anything? And, and this is my this is my perspective on it. He didn't. Li- he didn't leave for the NFL. If he leaves for the NFL, that's an individual choice. I don't know his life, his financial situation, what have you, okay? I wouldn't comment. I, I don't have an opinion about whether it's a good decision or a bad decision. A lot of people debate that kind of thing. Until you're walking in the shoes of the kid, how the hell would you know whether it's a good decision or a bad decision? My problem is, and I'm old school, I think you have an allegiance to Notre Dame. I think you do owe Notre Dame something, and as a 23 game starter, they're coming back on a team with so many guys back that you're. you're it's a team that's loaded. Um, they have now. He came back to Notre Dame. He made a decision to come back to Notre Dame after he flunked out. But Notre Dame's offense has revolved around him for the better part of three years now. I maybe I'm old school, what, whatever you want to call it, but I think he, I think he owed Notre Dame something under the circumstances.
2: Yeah, I mean, I felt like he. He sort of paid almost all of that debt when he graduated. Um, You know, did he owe Notre Dame that he needed to return? I don't think so. Could he have handled his departure differently? Just just in terms of, if he knew he was going to leave, assuming he graduated, could he have gone to Brian Kelly in January after he got back and be like, you know what, I think I just need a fresh start. Uh, Obviously, this would be a very uncomfortable conversation to have. Which yeah. he would avoid at all costs because yeah. that's ever goal. Could he have done that? Did he owe Notre Dame that courtesy, like to to exit on different terms? Yeah, yeah. I, that's I I get that, um, but I don't think he owed Notre Dame to come back this fall.
1: Yeah, I, I, I well, go ahead, Tim. I already... No, no,
0: it's it's hard for me to discuss this one because I I th- I don't know this for a fact. What I wrote about that this was kind of assumed that it could happen all along, but I just yeah. don't. Either I have a... I'm way too cynical. I, there was not a point where... There were so many things that had to go right. I felt for Everett Golson to play in the fall, and it goes beyond this semester. There was... There was he had to graduate to be able to leave. Once that happened, he could go. He had to make it through August camp where he was going to look like the starter. He could, I mean, you, yeah. you can jump ship before two weeks of August camp because you have no other choice. You go play at an FCF school. It just didn't seem like he was going to be Notre Dame's starting quarterback next year. But... That's me assuming that Brian Kelly knew this could happen, and that Everett Golson was biding his time. And I don't, I don't know what you do if you're Golson. I said he had no other choice. You now, morally, or you know, you, you, you do have a choice. You could say, "Hey, coach, I'm probably leaving. I'd like to go through the spring anyway." But what, where's that conversation go? There, yeah, there's honesty yeah. that isn't yeah. possible, really, uh, in Kelly this situation. Him. Right. And and I mean, yeah, I think the graduation mitigates what he owed a little bit. I think you know, if you're close to your teammates, and you've been through the wars with your teammates. I hate to use an example, but I mean because he doesn't have that talent. But Tommy Reese wouldn't leave in this situation. Well, how do you think? You his te- te-
1: how, do you, how do you think his teammates reacted to this decision?
0: Yeah, I'm sure that they were. I, I, I feel like some of them had to. Some of us, some of that might have been closer to him, had to know a little sure. bit, you know. Yeah. But I, yeah,
1: I, I feel like yeah, I, you I, do, and you do
2: hear that talking to people that yeah. like this was sort of in the water for a month. But I mean, with the, the how the teammates reacted, with the Russell Daniels, like that whole drama, the in the year before. Yeah. I mean, you go back to what happened with Floyd. What happened with Reese? At, at this point, Lynch. I mean, at this point, these guys are like, oh, okay, whatever. Yeah. I mean, I, I think they're. It's. I they, <laughs> they have to be callous to this kind of
0: stuff by now. Probably more so than uh, fans and writers yeah. are about it. Huh? Yeah. No, it's, I it's. I do get. That. Yeah, you're right. There, there's no. These guys are twenty one years old. They've they forgiven Golson already. I mean, unless you're Will Fuller, as you yeah, said last Friday, true. Tim. <laughs> maybe is right. maybe ah. Will Fuller's yeah. not that big of a fan yeah. of the situation. Well,
1: it'll be interesting to see where he ends up. I, I you know, I, I, I just have this feeling that Notre Dame's going to play against them in a in a bowl game. Uh, uh, what a pl- be, what a playoff yeah, game that I mean, would I, be! How 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 exciting and fun that would be! And hey. All The best to Golson. He fought the good fight at Notre Dame. It's been a battle. It, it, it's, it, you know, it was never a great uh, marriage in terms of personality with Brian Kelly, but he's a great talent. Uh, I think it's going to be difficult for him to play in the NFL just because of sheer size. It's just because of, I mean, I, there, there's a degree of lacking maturity talent, there. Yeah, and, and, the talent and, issue. Well, talent from the standpoint of recognition of coverages, which is only going to. In, increase exponentially yeah. for him.
0: I think he has an NFL arm for sure. But Absolutely. That, but that's it. Uh, things can be developed. Yeah. He's not an NFL... I mean, he can escape. He has good feet. But he there's there's a strength necessary to be able to hold on to the football in the NFL as well. And I don't think he is necessarily... Uh, NFL athlete sounds weird for me to say he's not an NFL athlete because he's got such quick feet and a yeah. great arm. But there's there's stature. There's build. There's, as you said, protecting yourself. He has trouble pr- protecting himself in the pocket, quite honestly. I don't have to say the football. Yeah, it's it's a different, it's well, a different
1: world. Let's hope things work out for him. Let's let's move on from there. Uh, Bull Wallace. We said we were going to address this. Uh, I, it's pretty cut and dried here as to why he's not at Notre Dame. Before. Yeah, uh,
2: talking to people around the program, uh, it's a test score issue. Um, I'm not entirely sure if that means he won't be admitted anywhere this fall, as if he would have to go sort of a, a junior college route. Um, but the academic issue. Um, and usually, test scores mean clearinghouse because Notre Dame has, in the past, proven to be very flexible with test scores if you're you're meeting other requirements. Um, so, wherever he ends up, it doesn't necessarily matter. He just won't be end up in South Bend. Um, I liked him as a prospect. You know, he was a long term guy, but yeah, um, I, I like that long term. So, Notre, Notre Dame is sort of without a single defensive end in last year's class, which was uh, a need. To begin Again, with. Again, um, so, yeah, you, you you lose the one guy that
0: partially filled uh, filled one need there. Um, yeah, think, but well, there so you go. I think reacting to that, he's a long-term guy at a long-term position of need, so that's yeah. where it hurts. You don't, you know, it's not yeah. a, uh, it, it doesn't impact the 15 or 16 roster, but it certainly could the lot
2: Yeah. All right, so on the topic of guys going to the NFL and suspended and coming back, I was in Seattle, where Kavari Russell has been working out for the last nine months, and uh I spent uh, you know, a solid week talking to people close to Kavari who work with him, trainers, mentors, teachers, coaches, uh, and then went to see Kavari work out uh, the, basically two hours after the Everett Golson stuff came out. Um, and Kavari did not want to talk. Um, said he was advised, say, hey, don't, don't do interviews. Um, he did one with Sports Illustrated a while ago, so look for that story, I want to say, in June sometime after he's back. Did confirm what well, we all know he's coming back. Said he had not received formal notification of that. Um, that was as of as of Thursday of last week. So I would assume that would be coming anytime soon, anytime now. It was interesting. It, it sounds like the Notre Dame coaches have spent quite a bit of time tailoring his workouts uh, and his training to make sure he's where he needs to be. Um, I watched him work out. He looks like a million bucks, and he could be in the NFL right now. Um, so I am. My expectations for him this season are, are off the charts. I think he's going to be incredible
1: this year. Give us an idea, uh, I mean, a, a more clear picture of, uh, and I know you're going to be writing a story about, but what some of the people around him are saying about him and where, where he's been and the journey that he's traveled and what he's going to be this fall. Yeah,
2: I it was, it was very curious to talk to his mentors and his trainers, um, some of whom have known him for his whole life. Some of them just... Met him in December uh, when he sort of like kicked it into gear. He's out there six, you know, working out six times a week. Um, you know, they do workout on the beach, they run trails in the hills. Uh, he's trained at the Seattle Sounders, it's the MLS team's their facility. Uh, his trainer told me that he put up a four-three. Um, one trainer told me he did an eleven-five broad jump, which would be near the top of the NFL combine, uh, and that he consistently, you know, jumps in the forty-inch range in terms of his vertical jump there was it was funny there's a cornerback named willie career from eastern michigan to a, at a regional nfl combine put up a 47 inch vertical and he happened to be out in seattle at the same training facility and kavari challenged him to like a vertical jump off with like stacking boxes up mm-hmm. and they went a couple times in, in career this guy eventually tapped out he's like he didn't Whoa. want any part of kavari um But, I mean, so he's been taking classes at Everett Community College. He's been working a part-time job in a reality office. He's been training six days a week. He lives with his grandpa uh, up in Everett, Washington's hometown. He's been occasionally mentoring kids at Mariner High School or around in the community um, who maybe have gotten off track a little bit, um, sort of telling his story. He goes back to the high school, sometimes has lunch with the special ed kids. I mean, this guy, he was described as, this guy is a hero, the term hero was used among teachers at the high school to describe who he is and what his personality is. Um, so I think that uh, the, re- the reason he's coming back to Notre Dame are the reasons that he got to Notre Dame in the first place, that he looked around his community and said, that's not me. I don't wanna, I don't want to go down the track as everybody else. I want to do something entirely different. Um, and that's that's what got him to Notre Dame in the first place. It was interesting to talk to his high school coach who's actually from East or from Pennsylvania, I'm not sure where, but grew up a Notre Dame fan. And he said he went to the uh he went to the Alabama game. But the one that was the Sugar Bowl in New Orleans against Air Parsidian versus oh, Bear sure. Bryant. Right, right, right. Um so he's an old time Notre Dame fan. Um so he's kind of got that that perspective too. Um so you- it's just it was, it's kind of a fascinating look into the you know, the world of Kavari Russell without actually spending more than two minutes
0: talking to Kavari Russell. Yeah, it doesn't sound like a guy you need to protect from talking either. No. <laughs> list of uh, list of what he's been doing. But and on a, as an aside, he went to the right Alabama game. Yeah if he was choosing. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> between the lines, I mean the return of Kavari Russell is it's not only huge, I think Kelly's used six star, this is a six star recruit. Yeah. It's essential. You need two corners to compete for the championship with Notre Dame's roster, or really any roster in college football, and this is the best combination of corners since at least 2002 when the corners made every play to get them. They, I mean, their team was nowhere near as good, but the Shane Walton, Vontez, Duff made go. every play for 11 of 12 games. This is certainly the best pair since then, uh, especially because you're looking at upperclassmen. is more than a senior almost in his experience. Missing a year, whatever, he's got 26 games as a starter. A little rusty against Texas for the first yeah. time out there. It, it seems a pretty tough
1: opponent to start. Yeah, with he does. He
0: should start with UMass maybe instead yeah. of Texas, but that's uh, that's a different well, maybe, conversation. Maybe <laughs> Texas's quarterback situation
2: will uh, mitigate that yeah. a little yeah. bit. One of the interesting things that I came away with because I, I think you know we've talked about leadership on the podcast before. Who are the leaders on next year's team? And I think we've sort of discounted Kavari just for just for the standpoint they wasn't here. Yeah, uh, and it's hard to be a captain when you come back. But the leadership. That he showed in his community and in his high school makes me think that there's there's a possibility here that he's the kind of guy that others are going to want to fall in behind and follow. Um, I don't know if that's going to make him a captain or not, but in terms of a, a personality that guys are going to gravitate towards, outside of Jalen on the defense... I don't think there's a. I don't think there's somebody on
1: the defense really like Cavari at all. He, he's a captain without a title. I think next year. Yeah, I it doesn't matter yeah. whether he has a title. He won't yeah. have the title because right. of right. the suspension. He just won't. But I mean, that kind. Of, you know, that's great stuff to hear. I love to hear that. I, I don't think any of us are surprised to hear that about Cavari having been around him a little bit. It leads me to just mention the, the uh, two part piece that I had with uh, Chuck Rostano, the pitching coach at Notre Dame and Anthony Solomon, the assistant basketball coach at Notre Dame, both of whom talked about Pat Connaughton and what an incredible leader he was in Notre Dame. And I've said it and written it that he's not one of the great basketball captains in Notre Dame history. He's one of the great captains in, in Notre Dame history. And that was kind of part of the whole Golson thing. I mean, I, you know, in, in, in the defense of, of Golson, I'm like, well, I'm glad Pat Connaughton didn't, didn't look at things the way, you know, Golson did, because Condon certainly could have made a selfish decision, but he felt an obligation to come back and complete what he started basketball-wise at Notre Dame. Anyway, I just think it's interesting stuff. It's two different perspectives. Solomon Ristano, two different personalities, addressing him at at two different sports, and it's just, what a great leader he's been for Notre Dame. All right, well, that's it for Irish Illustrated Insider,
2: brought to you by irishillustrated.com. We'll be back next Monday uh, to talk about Probably less Everett Golson and more uh, churning through the offseason. Maybe we'll get some recruiting in there as well. So until then, he's Tim Priester. He's Tim O'Malley. I'm Pete Sampson. You've been listening to Irish Illustrated Insider.